She said that it was as big as it's ever been. This is the TRT Community Podcast, where we discuss all things testosterone. What's going on, guys? I am Brandon, founder of the TRT Community, host of All Things Testosterone. The TRT community uh, started out as a Facebook group. You can find us online at uh, facebook.com slash group slash TRT community. We've got tens of thousands of guys in there bouncing ideas off of each other, talking about which doctors are great, which doctors suck, uh, protocols, and, and all kinds of other supportive um hormone-related, health-related ideas. Uh, we've also got this podcast. You can find more information about the podcast at testosteronepodcast.com. At that website, we've got things like um, research studies, TRT equipment, you know, needle syringes, stuff like that. Um, there's a clinic finder if you're having trouble finding a doctor. Or I would urge you, even if um, if you think you found a doctor and you just don't think TRT is for you, most likely it's because your doctor's not quite dialing you in the way that you could be. So I would urge you to reach out and find a doctor at testosteronepodcast.com and, and give them a shot. Matrix Hormones, for example, um, they discount treatment for our listeners and our TRT community group members. So you're spending on average around $75 to $90 a month for, you know, if you're just doing the testosterone. Um, and they're they're great. Uh, today we're talking with Ken, founder uh, of Matrix Hormones, as we do often. And he really spends a lot of time with me. I know our consults are an hour or more, and he's going over every number. He's going over every possible scenario, and he's really dialing me in, and I can't say enough uh, good things about them. A couple episodes ago, we spoke with Sean, the head wellness specialist over at Matrix, and everyone loved that episode. Everyone in the TRT community loves Sean. They have nothing but great things to say. Um, I want to shout out to Matrix staff. I mean, Jennifer Holt, she is like on top of it. Anytime anyone in the group needs something, she's jumping all over it and she's helping them out. And I, I'm convinced she doesn't sleep. She's even doing things, you know, nights and weekends. She just really gets stuff done. You can find more about Matrix at matrixhormones.com. Uh, we are in the middle of about two, two weeks in, maybe one full weekend to the TRT community slash all things testosterone summer body composition transformation challenge. Uh, I don't have any issue. If you want to join this late, feel free to email me some before pictures. Just hold a little sign up with, you know, today's date or tomorrow's date whenever you're listening to this episode so that we know that it's legit. Email those to Brandon at trtcommunity.com. We'll get you entered in there. There's some uh, prizes that I wasn't prepared to talk about. I don't remember what they are, but it's three 10 ml vials of different peptides and or supplemental injections things like lipo b lipo c that kind of stuff so uh join us up we've got quite a few guys doing that it'll run eight weeks and end sometime like around the 8th of july i think that's all of the the relative announcements so let's just jump right into this conversation with ken what's up bud ah there you are you were gotcha. you were sideways yeah, I was sideways to you. Were, you were sideways to me, but <laughs> then I realized, flip it. Yeah. Uh, how are you doing? Good. How are you? Oh, I'm all right. Finding a little bit of a sinus infection, headache. You can't get that way. And even in your running a few minutes behind, you're still responding to TRT community questions. You saw that. Yes. <laughs> I was like, as, as I was uh, switching over to come in here and talk on this thing, I, I saw a message that somebody tagged me in. It happened to be you afterwards. And then I'm like, crap, he just caught me. So. <laughs> no, I'm the king of like finding a minute to 
decompress and whether that's check, checking Facebook or, you know, whatever. I, I steal those little moments to clear my mind. Well, it, it's, it's funny though. It, it, it almost becomes habit that, um, I can't be doing nothing, whether I'm walking, sitting, going to the bathroom, you gotta be looking and checking. You yep. Know? Yep. So, but yeah, interesting. <laughs> I'd like to start first, and I didn't add, this wasn't in the list of questions I sent to Ashley, but just can you tell me a little bit about um, your treatment process and like maybe the pricing? How does it work from start to finish for for a patient? For hormone therapy? Yeah. Yeah. So uh, basically they can reach out to the office via email or calling, but the easiest way is if you go on our website, there's a tab on there that you basically can just click on um, that will be patient registration and then it'll open up a patient portal for you so you can fill out all your paperwork uh, from there the support team reaches out to you immediately that that's being processed once they get it all processed in they reach out to you again um, just narrowing down lab work and, and different uh, aspects of using insurance or cash pay or different things like that um, once you get the lab work done, you let us know that you've had the lab work done or you scheduled your appointment. Uh, we then set up your review appointment for that lab work. Uh, we then have the appointment to review the lab work, and then we order the medications, which typically, for most cases, gets to you uh, four to seven days uh, once it's ordered. And, you know, I, I think you guys have a little bit different billing structure. So, um, you know, that 225 for that vial, you're, you're an a la carte service. So you pay 225, you get the testosterone, but that's going to last you anywhere between 10 and 15 weeks, probably on average. Right. So when you do the uh, math, 10 and 16 weeks is when it lasts. So, you know, there's some people that talk about these other services. Oh, well, they're cheaper than you because they're $99 a month. Well, no matter what you're using, a little or more, 200 milligrams, you're paying that $99 a month where, yeah. But does it breaks down to about seventy to ninety five dollars a month? Yeah, um, for that same testosterone. I think a lot of people have a difficult time doing the math that way, you know. So mm-hmm. yeah, I just wanted to point out that whenever I tell people, yeah, it ranges from seventy to ninety on average. I'm not lying; it does because that giant vial of testosterone lasts lasts between ten and sixteen weeks. Absolutely. Yep. So, how's your personal semaglutide journey going? Uh, slow and steady. Um, we have countless patients on it. Um, I've only had one female patient that couldn't take it because she had severe IBS that it triggered. Um, I have IBS. I also have uh, autoimmune that cut some of the blood to my intestines and no gallbladder. Uh, so when I first took it, it did trigger my IBS for three days and like a switch, it just goes off. Um, but I had, I have had to go to slow and steady and, and, you know, we, we started 10 and then you, you slowly work your way up to 40. I made it to 30 and had to back back down to 25 because of my IBS symptoms. Mm-hmm. With that being said, I'm in week seven, I believe, and I've lost 15 pounds and I haven't changed my diet or exercise routine. I did that intentionally. Yeah. I want to see what would happen if I didn't change anything. And I'm the person that has the worst side effects to everything, <laughs> not including my IBS. And, um, does, does it bother my IBS sometimes? Yes, but I haven't dieted or exercised anymore and I've lost 15 pounds. So for me, it's like, eh, I'll deal with it. Yeah. <laughs> Keep losing weight. Uh, so overall, I would say it's a very good experience if I can tolerate it 
uh, especially with my issues, and lose weight without making changes. Everybody's different. Some people lose so much weight so fast. They're like, well, do I have to go up on the strength? I'm like, of course not. Other people saying, well, I'm, I'm getting some side effects. Can I go slower, but I'm still losing weight? Of course you can. The important key thing that I've seen here with the semaglutide is, uh, you, as you know, when you use weight loss medications, you're going to get some people say, oh, that's garbage. It doesn't work. It doesn't do anything for you. And the other person, oh, my God, I lost 90 pounds in three months. Um, this is the only one that nobody complained that they, they didn't lose weight on it. Um, have I had some patients that had um, some side effects or symptoms? Yes, but a lot of them were correct, corrected because the medication is doing its job. And sometimes when it's doing its job, we think of it as a side effect. But if you sit down and eat this huge fatty meal, first of all, it makes you feel full quick. You're going to feel yucky. You're going to be bloated. It's kind of like you had two Thanksgiving dinners. Um, the other problem is people say, well, then I get diarrhea. Well, if the medication does its job. It's not letting you absorb those fat and calories. They turn to liquid. It has to go somewhere. Yeah. <laughs> and uh, it usually comes out in the end as diarrhea. So I usually tell those patients, um, try to change the way you're eating. Smaller meals, multiple times a day um, seems to work best. And for most people, they'll say it's little to no side effects. Some people who have had side effects say, yeah, I'm having some side effects. My stomach's upset or heartburn or nauseous, but I'm losing a ton of weight. I'm okay. It's nothing that bad. Um, there's a handful of patients we had to give a anti-nausea medication for because they just got nausea right off the bat, but they were losing the weight wanting to stay on it. So overall, it's been very good. I mean, really, they call it a game changer. Uh, I waited. It's been approved by the FDA for a year and a half. Um, I waited a year before we started doing it about six months ago to get the, every, all the feedback from the industry. And it was tremendous. And um, now that we've used it the last six months, it's also been just tremendous. It's one of the best weight loss products in my lifetime that I've seen. Yeah. Yeah. I So I'm kind of like you. I tend to have every side effect possible and especially digestive issues. I don't, I was diagnosed at one point after a colonoscopy with either diverticulitis or uh, what's the other inflammatory, not Crohn's, um, Colitis. Yes. Ulcers. I don't remember which one it was, but ended up having to take some meds, probably should still be taking those meds, but I walk around every day, almost all day, every day with some sort of bloated or stomach cramping or pain or something, you know, some uncomfortability in my gut. And I had two, maybe three nights in the past two weeks that I needed to take or had a little bit of nausea, nothing that was crazy. And it was only at night. And then my, my question to you is, um, can, can it make you constipated? Because that's what I'm experiencing. And that is not something that is typical for me. Um, there has been some patients that complain to constipation. It does slow down your intestines. Uh, and, and it's, one of the important things is, is drinking plenty of water, maybe taking some magnesium citrate to draw the water into the intestines because it is sitting there not allowing you to absorb it. Uh, it slows down the intestines, which in turn, if it's not enough fiber, not enough water, not enough magnesium, it can start to cause constipation. So my recommendation to most of those people would be more water, some magnesium um, citrate, maybe add a little bit more fiber in. It's difficult. I'm so I would say that to the normal person, to you would be a little different because you have some of the same issues I do. Uh, more 
fiber for me makes me worse. There's certain people that can't have more fiber because it makes things worse. Hmm. Magnesium citrate, I can only have a very small amount compared to other people because I blow up like a balloon from it. Yeah. Um, so your case would be a little different. I would say a little bit, 25 milligrams of magnesium citrate. You could try a little more fiber, but tons of water, plenty of water has been the key throughout the day. Okay. I'm going to try the magnesium. Um, I did add a fiber, uh, fiber supplement. What's that old man drinking powder? And you, <laughs> yeah, I did. I did. Buy some. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I'm glad I don't take it. <laughs> <laughs> is that, do you think that's beneficial? Does that have the magnesium citrate in it or is that just fiber? That That's just fiber. It's a different form. It's a husk fiber, which is not uh, bad, but once again, be careful. If you see your constipation, and bloating getting worse, you could be a person like myself. I can't process that fiber. So it's a very small window. I have to stay in the fiber, not too little, not too much because it makes everything worse. The bloating gets worse, the whole nine yards. Okay. We'll see how it goes. So today is the day that I'm supposed to up my dosage. Am I safe to do that or should I hold back? So you've been on 10 the last two weeks and it's time for you to go to 20. Mm-hmm. Um, have you lost any weight? Yeah. Uh, well, Maybe three to five pounds, which for a guy my size probably isn't that great. Well, um, it's also you're on the very lowest dose there is, and it's the beginning. Um, It really dictates with your symptoms. If you want to play it safer, you can go from 10 to 15. Uh, See how you do at 15 for one one week before you go to 20. Um, Because we're similar in some ways, I would, for you, I would probably do the 15 and see how that does over one week and then go to the 20. So I am. And what, what plays in it for me too, is I'm working from home this week and I'm working from my office next week. So I would much rather be constipated or on the toilet constantly this week than next week. Does that change anything for you? Is it? Worth um, the risk? It does because a lot of symptoms are symptoms, but you have to go by what fits the patient. If you're like, look, if I'm going to deal with the symptoms, I'm all right with that because I want to lose the weight at home this week, then go ahead and jump to the 20. Um, it's, 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 it sounds weird, but because you deal with stomach issues and I deal with stomach issues, when that triggers that, I guess, to have a symptom for us, it's like, oh, okay, it's just another day in a right. ballpark here yeah. that we're doing. Somebody else notices it more than we do because we deal with it all the time. So I would say in that case, go ahead and go for it at 20. Um, for this week coming up and at least you're home to deal with it. Yeah, definitely. Yeah. And, and I've, I've thought the same thing, you know, when, when guys have complained, not necessarily with this medication, but with anything, well, it gave me stomach pain. Okay. Get over it. Did it work for you? You know, cause that's something that I've dealt with for the last 15 years on a daily basis. So it's yeah, just another day. It's, it's exactly. Like for that one lady that had to come off of it, it was intense. It was really triggering her IBS and it wasn't going away. For me, it triggered it for three days and it goes away every time I take a shot. So for me, it's like, okay, whatever. <laughs> I'm losing the weight. I, this is just another week in, in my life. Right. <laughs> so just really quick on this maglutide, something, and I think Sean mentioned this when he did your podcast last time, is carnitine. Carnitine and lipo B. Um, we're finding very successful for the by itself. It's it, they're they're they, they're pretty good, but specifically carnitine with the semaglutide, taking 500 milligrams to 1,000 milligrams a day. Sometimes you you split your shot, do your shot twice a day, has been extremely effective. We we've had patients 
add that on uh, where they were already losing a good amount of weight. And when they added that on, it just sped it up. Or if they hit a plateau where it was slowing down, huge difference. One of the other noticeable things was energy converts fat to energy. Some people said they got a nice energy boost for it, from it. So as a side note on that, semaglutide, carnitine, uh, or lipo B, but it seems like carnitine is the best mix with the semaglutide to work really well. Now, carnitine works by itself. People have been using it for weight loss a long time and, and energy and prior to workouts and things like that. So by itself, it's a great product. But with the semaglutide uh, or semaglutide or semaglutide, tomato, tomato, just in case I change back and forth on saying it there, it's the same product. But uh, it's a very, it's been a very good combo uh, uh, with those. Uh, especially people, if they're looking to lose the weight faster, they have more weight to lose or looking for a little more energy, that carnitine has been really helpful. And that it uses a half-inch insulin syringe, which now leads into your question uh, <laughs> about IM or sub-Q or shallow IM. There is a such thing as shallow IM, which means you're just right within the top surface of the muscle and not completely in the muscle. When you're injecting, for most products, most products, not all, it doesn't matter. For testosterone, it doesn't matter. You're going to get the same numbers from it. You're going to feel good from it. We're going to get the same test values from it. There is a benefit, though, with sub-Q. Uh, you get a reduction in hemoglobin uh, and hematocrit conversion by 13 to 17%, uh, according to several studies that came out doing it um, sub-Q. Now, some people, when I say sub-Q, they automatically think, I mean the stomach, because we carry most of our fat there. If you can inject it in the stomach without having pain or sores or bruising or lumps, definitely go for it. But a lot of patients who inject in the stomach with these different problems will have these lumps or pain or, or sores or bruising that's there. I think you inject in the stomach don't have any issues. I get um, the occasional knots. Yeah, but I do, I do it in the stomach. Yeah, so, um, you know, you can go for that. You can do um, between when you're looking at the upper outside part of your thigh, right below the hip where the hip meets the thigh, almost all of us, somebody who's even muscular, you can pinch a little piece of fat there. There's this pocket of fat between the hip and thigh that everybody can pinch. That's a very uh, popular area to go in. Um, the upper outer buttocks, if you've got a little more padding in you and it's fat, you definitely can do uh, that area sub-Q there. But as far as the way the medications are concerned, sub-Q or IM uh, or shallow uh, IM, it depends on the medication. Uh, on testosterone specifically, it's not going to make a difference unless you're trying to lower hematocrit and hemoglobin, then you can go for the fat. Okay. Most guys probably would prefer that, right? The hematocrit and hemoglobin. Most of us, most of us, it raises up. Um, some of us, because we don't drink enough water. Sometimes when we're looking at the labs, people say, well, I drink a gallon of water every day. And I'm like, okay, how many hours did you sleep last night? Eight. Did you drink any water this morning? No, you're dehydrated. I'm looking at these labs and they're probably a point or two higher. Drink a bottle of water in the morning when you first get up before labs, it really does help us on several fronts that we're not nagging you about donating blood and you're just dehydrated. A lot of people don't realize your blood is the water you drink and red blood cells. Um, so naturally throughout the day, our values can change depending on how much water we've had to drink. But on a daily basis, it's good for you to drink a lot of water, but especially on testosterone therapy, as you know, the other way is donating blood. Um, there's, there's a lot of studies in other 
opinions out there about how high your hemoglobin hematocrits can go. Um, on paper, do, do we have a little higher threshold than, than what we see on paper with the labs? We do, but we already are recommending when you're, you're getting close to those thresholds to donate because a lot of people, they'll end up stuck high. They donate blood, but it's like they're just stuck right there. It's a catch-22 and they've plateaued. So we try to keep them by, by drinking plenty of water, changing the way they use their testosterone. Another go-to, and I know we spoke about this before, but if anybody looks up how to keep down hemoglobin or hematocrit, they're going to find uh, grapefruit extract can help keep those numbers down. I warn everybody about this all the time. Yes, it's a great product. Yes, it's a natural product. It's also the number one supplement that conflicts with tons of other medications. It amplifies the strength of those medications. The main thing is we've run into it in the emergency rooms is Cialis and Viagra. <laughs> Men are taking that. They don't know. They're taking this after a grapefruit extract. And all of a sudden, oh, well, you know, that erection is not going away. <laughs> Let me run to the hospital. But blood pressure medicines, uh, cholesterol medicines, a lot of different medications it conflicts with. So I tell everybody, be very careful with grapefruit extract. It can help some with the hemoglobin hematocrit. That's been proven, but you have to be weary of anything you're gonna, else you're going to take with it. So I'm glad you mentioned a gallon of water specifically because I fall into that category of guy that needs to watch and needs to donate and and you're always on me about my water intake and that kind of thing. So in in the spring through fall months, I'm drinking a gallon of water a day. Do I need to be drinking more? Because I'm also the guy that would say, well, I drink a gallon of water a day, but would not have had any water prior to donating or to, to drawing labs. Uh, I do recommend upwards of a gallon. I usually say 90, 96 to 128 ounces of water a day. Um, there's some people tell you uh, a gallon and a half or two gallons. Well, I hope you're taking electrolytes <laughs> because you're going to purge yourself of all of those electrolytes and not feel too good. Even some people at 96 to 120 ounces can purge their electrolytes and you got to have some different forms. It just depends on what you eat and different things like that, where you get the electrolytes. But I do recommend that much water daily. And of course, a bottle of water when you wake up the morning of your, your test, that is very important. But you also have to balance that out. Do you drink caffeine? Oh, yeah. How much caffeine do you drink a day? Uh, one monster. I don't know what's in it. So about 16 ounces. Is that the big monster? Yeah. So do this. However many ounces of caffeinated beverage you drink, subtract that from the water that you're drinking. So fictitiously, let's just say you drank 20 ounces of water today and then you drank 20 ounces of caffe uh, caffeinated beverage. You might as well say you had zero water today. Okay. That's the way it affects. It's a diuretic, but it also the way it affects your, your system and your kidneys and things like that. So um, you do need to compensate for that caffeine because I'll have some patients say, well, I drink a gallon of water a day and then I drink four monsters. Well, first of all, I'm going to tell you, don't drink four monsters a day. Uh, just not good for you. Yeah. Um, but uh, you're depleting a lot of that water and you need to make up for it. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. I think, you know, at 120 ounces of water, 16 ounces of monster, that's probably... Yeah. You're still within the realm. Yeah. Okay. What are the three greatest benefits that you see your patients getting from TRT? I would say when it comes to men, um, because when men, men and women are a little different, um, women could have no libido and they're doing everything. And as long as it doesn't affect the way they take care of the family and the house, they're content and they keep going. Men are the opposite. The house could be burning down around us. 
Uh, we can't get anything done. And we just don't react to that. As soon as we have low libido or sexual dysfunction, we take off and we want to, not everybody, but a big majority of our patients do. Yeah. So I would say for the biggest thing we notice with patients, because it's the main thing they're concerned about in coming in, is their libido and their erections improve uh, in time with the testosterone treatment. Um, the other thing I would probably say and I know everybody thinks I'm going to say physique or weight loss is actual mental functions. How much mentally the memory, the fogginess is gone, the memory's back, the concentration, but also the overall feeling of well-being and the kind of the get up and go for us to want to do things again and be social and 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 just have that goal-driven uh, mindset again. I would say that would probably be the second biggest. And then the third biggest would then lead into either a better physique, more muscle, you know, weight loss, things like that. Some of those, those things that just naturally come along with it. Yeah. And we've talked about that before. I'm a, I'm a big proponent of the mental aspects, you know, before, before testosterone, um, I was an individual contributor in my career, would never dream of talking face to face with you here on this podcast. It's going to be downloaded by thousands since testosterone. I can do this kind of thing. I'm a, a leader in my day job, you know, that it's totally, totally night and day from what I was at say 30 years old. Yeah, it really does make a huge impact. I've had people who've been on antidepressants, anxiety medicine, or the doctor's like, oh, you have to go on them. You're just too bad with this. Testosterone has fixed it. They either didn't went on, go on it or they came off of it. Uh, or sometimes they just, they're like, they were taking three different medications. Now they're taking one at half the strength. Just that little bit of help is all they needed, which avoids side effects. Um, you know, but it, it, it really, just the overall well-being is, is huge. Yep. What about uh, shutting down your natural production? Does that happen pretty quickly when you start taking testosterone? Everybody's different on that one on how quickly it shuts down. I would say if you want to encompass everybody within the first three months, it's shut down if we're covering 99% of the patients. Yeah. Some patients shut down as quickly as two or three weeks. Uh, other patients could take up to that 12-week point. It also goes on the amount of testosterone you're taking. And, you know, there's a lot of variables there. Are you taking HCG? So there's a lot of variables. But if you just started pounding 200 milligrams of testosterone a week, that probably within that 12 weeks, your, your natural production is going to be completely shut off. Okay. What about uh, testicular atrophy? Without the HCG, is that is there a time frame that you typically see patients come back and say, Hey, Ken, you were right. My balls have shrunk. Um, once again, the first 12 weeks, but usually the first month, okay. if that's something they're prone to within the first month, they're like, all right, 50% of my testicles are already gone <laughs> or they're in pain. And uh, that's why I preach a lot about the HCG in the beginning, using it in the beginning of treatment. And then if you don't need it, we can, everything's good. Your numbers are good. You feel good. You can try stopping it. You might be that guy that can rotate on and off of it. You might be the guy to say, nope, I need to get back on it. But you might be falling in that 25 to 30% that don't need to be on it. Uh, also the sexual side effects that comes along um, from when that shutdown happens, all the sexual, you know, low libido, erectile dysfunction, penile desensitivity, delayed orgasms, all these, it can affect mood and energy a little bit, but primarily the testicle size and pain, as well as um, the sexual side effects. Uh, I also like using it in the beginning because it slows down your shutdown. So, and, and you've talked about this, the honeymoon period, 
Mm-hmm. So I give you testosterone, it stacks on your natural testosterone. You're like, wow, Ken's a great guy, two weeks, and I'm already feeling it. It feels good. And then you go backwards because your natural production shuts off. Testosterone hasn't caught up yet. A lot of guys will feel the honeymoon period where they go backwards. Um, ATG slows that process down. So you're going to still shut down on ATG. It's just going to be slower and it won't let you bottom out, which gives us time to move that testosterone uh, up forward so you don't feel as much of that where you went backwards or the ups and downs. Um, some people have a different philosophy and say, yeah, you shouldn't use that in the beginning um, because there's all these moving parts with the testosterone and ATG can produce more estrogen. It can, but when you weigh out all the things between it can create some estrogen and all the other things that stops from happening, like if your testicles shrink, there's a good chance I can't fully recover them. Um, you say, well, I lost 50% of my testicles. Maybe I can get back 25%. Highly unlikely I'll get back 50% and I might not get back anything. Um, so when you put all of these into perspective and the fertility, I didn't even touch fertility because everybody knows ACG is fertility. <laughs> but um, I think it's just better to start with ACG and then test it out afterwards because it's in the beginning, it's like a sledgehammer to your testicles with that testosterone. Um, once you're plateaued out and you've supported them, you can come off that ACG within the first 12 weeks you usually will notice something to say, I need to go back on it, uh, or I just don't feel as good off of it. Or you can say nothing happened and I don't, I don't need to be on it anymore. Yeah. Okay. What about TRT related heart issues? Are those real? Is that a myth? It is real. TRT makes your heart stronger and better. <laughs> so I know you thought I was going to say something <laughs> else. Uh, so, um, there's plenty of research out there and data. It's actually, it's actually when your testosterone, usable testosterone, drops below 600, it raises your risk of cardiovascular events. And the lower it goes, it could be up to 15 to 22% higher risk of cardiovascular issues. So testosterone technically protects your heart, reduces your risk of heart attack, except for when you overuse it, bodybuilders, too much of a good thing is bad for you, <laughs> uh, just like anything. Um, it's not used properly where you're taking it and your doctor never told you, hey, you might need to donate blood or drink some more water or, or watch your estrogen. And then you have higher blood pressure and all of these other things that can come along because you're not being properly treated for it. Um, if there's somebody who there's there's many patients who've had heart conditions who even have had open heart surgery and after going on the testosterone, all their values across the board have gotten better. They felt better. They've lost weight. Even their cardiologists will say, I don't agree with testosterone and you had open heart surgery, but you're doing great. So, you yeah, know, yeah. at some point, what can you say? Everything is better. So uh, it really is. Uh, there, there's also a lot. Anybody can do research and you can find any research out there. But is the research reliable? Is it accurate? And is it fitting an agenda that somebody puts out there because it wants that research to fit an agenda. From what I've seen for heart disease and bioidentical testosterone in natural oils, not synthetic stuff, um, I would say reduces your risk of heart conditions, um, makes your heart stronger, and as long as it's used properly and monitored properly, it's very safe. Uh, All the other stuff I've seen has been based off uh, certain politics or uh, just not reliable data or skewed data. Yeah. 
Or, you know, I gave 200 milligrams of testosterone to a five pound rat. He died of a heart attack. Well, <laughs> that would have been like giving me 5,000 milligrams of testosterone. Yeah. Yes, I might drop dead. That's, so, the, that's uh, the bodybuilder yeah. scenario that you're talking about. Yeah. So there's a medication that, in, in my opinion, what I saw in the TRT community was um, slowly introduced by clinics. It was maybe judged a little bit at first. Um, I'm talking about DECA. It's something that's that's more widely used now. You guys prescribe that, right? Correct. DECA actually has been around before testosterone. Uh, yeah. I believe it was late 50s, early 60s. Um, if you look at the bodybuilders in the late 50s and early 60s, they were big and bulky. They weren't really cut. Um, they were taking DECA. That was, you know, there was no testosterone. Um, what they didn't know back then is DECA shuts down your testosterone production. Oh. So if you're not on testosterone, DECA will shut down your yeah. production and cause other issues. Um, but DECA was originally created for joint pain, uh, damage, and injuries. It can help with soft tissue also. Primarily, it's it's joint pain and bone damage, but it also works very well on tissue damage, tissue rips, uh, regeneration and healing and things like that. Um, it's a very good product overall. It's pretty safe. Um, I tell everybody, if you're going to use it, you have to be on testosterone. It makes no sense for me to give you something that shuts down your testosterone and creates another problem. Yeah. If you're on testosterone, it's a good blend. Um, the biggest thing I tell everybody, though, because somebody is saying, well, what's better for my bad knees, DECA or BPC-157, the peptide? DECA, you're going to probably get more immediate results. You're probably going to get some other results that you're happy with, uh, strength-wise, recovery-wise, physique-wise, but it has drawbacks. Your, your body, it's almost identical to the testosterone molecule, so you're going to create um, red blood cells. Uh, prolactin, it's notorious for, for bumping up prolactin. Estrogen, it doesn't have as big of an estrogen conversion as most people think. It's a lot less than testosterone. For most people, it's very little or none, but just like anything, I've had some patients that are just sensitive and they've bumped up on their estrogen. The other thing you have to take into account for, we know this, but a lot of other practitioners don't, is when you take DECA, it can fool your lab work. It can make your testosterone look higher than it is. And then your doctor goes, oh, why is your testosterone 1,800? You're taking more. No, I'm not. They took a DECA shot right before because it said stop your testosterone, but didn't mention DECA. And then the DECA now is skewing that lab work to look higher than what it is. Um, So, you know, I usually say uh, watch your estrogen, watch your red blood cells, and 100% watch your prolactin because that's almost... That one there is the biggest one if you ever heard of sexual dysfunction on DECA. Yeah. It's either it's shutting down the testosterone, higher estrogen or higher prolactin or combination of those. Um, those would be the key things when taking DECA. But overall, it is taken. It's pretty safe and it's, it's very effective. Have a lot of military veterans, um, law enforcement that take it because they're injuries and because they what they have to keep being able to do. Yeah, that makes sense. Uh, is it, have you, have you prescribed it all along or is it something that you've kind of jumped on in recent years? I think, uh, we started with that has to be about eight years now. Oh, wow. Okay. Yeah. So it's about eight years. I know a lot of people are like, Hey, have you heard about this DECA? My doctor's telling me this new stuff. And I'm like, the DECA from the 1960s? Okay. (laughs) But about eight years now, um, 
you know, kind of seeing the explosion of TRT and kind of things more out there, more research, more testing, more patient clinicals, mm-hmm. um, more patient examples. Um, felt, we felt comfortable about eight years ago prescribing it. There were some special cases before that, but now just outright yeah. uh, about eight. Okay. And so I think you sent me the, uh, the lipo B for my, with my semaglutide, right? Not the carnitine? Not the carnitine. Uh, is there a medical reason why you'd send the lipo B and not the carnitine or are they both about the same, um, stack? I guess I hate calling it that, but you know, <laughs> <laughs> no, uh, for you, the lipo B is cause I was trying to get your B12 up. Okay. It has B12 in it, but it has Mick in it with, uh, Mick helps you lose weight, speed up your metabolism, you know, conversion of fat carbs to energy. So it can complement that, but it was mainly also to get your B up. If there was no concerns on getting your vitamin B up, I probably would have went more to the carnitine. Now I can tell you though, and this is one thing I try to warn people about carnitine by nature burns, uh, depending on the pH of your body. When you take carnitine, some patients say, oh, I injected that. I felt nothing. Another one says, oh my God, I felt like a beast on me for a few minutes. Yeah. It's the luck of the draw with the patient, the area of your body you're injecting, the pH balance. Mm-hmm. There's so many things in there, but a very effective product that technically, and you use the word stack, you could technically put the carnitine with the lipo and with the semaglutide. It, it wouldn't hurt you. But I also know I already have you like a pin cushion. Oh, so yeah. Oh, yeah. If you want the carnitine. <laughs> I want whatever you tell me to take. But uh, I am, you know, feel like I'm constantly jabbing myself, um, mm-hmm. especially when you throw in things like my magic melanotan, you know, to survive the summers. And I've started that now. So, gosh, I feel like I'm doing... 18 injections a week. So a suggestion would be is run the lipo B for one cycle. That will get your, your B12 up and then switch off to a sublingual B12 and then switch to the carnitine. So that way you're just switching one injection for another injection. You solve the problem with the B12. Even if the sublingual doesn't work well on you, it'll hold the B12 there for a little bit. It'll slow down the drop. And then that way you could use carnitine to see if you could speed up the, the weight loss, or you can say, I'm a pain cushion. Let's go for it. Yeah. And I just said, you're the I mean, you know, <laughs> I've, I've got the little tackle box. I just get all my stuff Monday, Wednesdays, Fridays, I get it all together and I just start sticking myself. So if it's a two injection day, four or five injection day, just depends on the day of the week. Just hold your arms out and tell your wife to use you as a dark boy. <laughs> so, I also... Yeah, yeah, it's uh, it's it's definitely you can stack all of these. Some people think, oh, I got to do this one or that one. There's some things you don't want to stack if they're the same thing. But if you're stacking uh, semaglutide with lipo B with carnitine, you can't get anything better. You just covered every base there is. Okay, yeah, definitely worth thinking about then. Um, mm-hmm. And you mentioned the burning. So with with any of your, you said you had an autoimmune issue. I've got psoriasis, which is an autoimmune disease. So I take an injection for that too and have mm-hmm. for 12 years, 15 years, something like that. That So it used to be Humira. I don't know if you've ever taken that. That burned. Mm-hmm. That was almost horrific. Uh, but some people have no issue with it. So I bet you I would be one of the guys that would that would burn with the, the carnitine as well. That was the other reason why I was hesitant. No, I'm not scared. I'm not scared of it. I did that Humira. The only thing I tell you, the only thing I tell you worse than carnitine, glutathione for some people. Really? I've, I've had 350 pound 
bodybuilders be like, get this stuff away from me. Like, oh my God. And I'll tell them like, look, split your dose in half and inject in two areas. It still burns, but not as bad where they're like, okay, this is a little more tolerable, but it's like, this dude's about to cry. And then I, I've had, <laughs> I've had a little hundred pound female take glutathione and said, I felt nothing. It's yeah. just the pH of our body and where we're injecting it and how we react to it. Now, if you're talking about like a, like a, like an immediate and acute burn while you're injecting I don't, I can't imagine that would keep me away. If it's like the prop did to me and it was like, if I injected in my leg, I would have deep throbbing bone aches for three days. That's a little bit different. No, 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 no. This is, I would say two to 15 minutes, maybe yeah. 20 minutes top at the worst where it, it burns and it could feel like a uh, glutathione does it to me. And I've been stung by wasps, scorpions, you name it. It felt like a wasp sting. Yeah. It, it it did. It felt like a wasp sting, but I'm like, there no pain, no gain. But, right, you know? right. but um, it, like I said, I've had somebody else injected that. Like for you, you would say, oh, man, this is going to burn for 15 minutes. And you could say, nothing. I got nothing. So um, something you definitely try, like I said, the stacking on what you have right now would be like topping it. But then you, got, you go into, well, how much of it do you take? Yeah. You could say, do I take... Uh, a shot a day of 500 milligrams, which, which is very effective. Or do I go for, you know, what, what my weight is and what research has shown and do two shots a day, 500 milligrams twice a day, which that alone by itself is a big difference from taking 500 milligrams a day to a thousand milligrams a day, just for weight loss in general. There's a big difference there. Adding with the smaglutide, it, it, it is also a difference. Eating a little bit of carbs with it. Um, helps with the carnitine to activate. So some little different things like that. But once again, it goes back to, oh God, an injection every day. Oh God, two injections a day. <laughs> How much does it burn? So yeah. these are all the things you have to figure out. Yeah, and I think you get used to it at some point. I, I mean, I guess I can't, I get used to it and it doesn't bother me that the routine kind of becomes peaceful. But to a guy like Ian, Ian will rage quit ball up all his medications and throw them in the trash because of, of something like I could see him doing that. You know, if it was like, Oh, I have to do this every day, not a chance, but me. Yeah. Just whatever. I'll do it. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. And that's why I tell some patients are like, well, I can't do this every day, maybe three or four times a week. You're still going to get benefits from three to four times a week. So do you say, Oh, I don't do it at all because I can't get a hundred percent benefits or I'll do it three or four times a week at least to get 50% benefits or just say, Hey, I'm not going to do nothing. And you get 0% benefits. Yeah. yeah. Very cool. Uh, I think that's all I've got. I appreciate you talking with me today. Um, we're going to have to put our heads together and I want to, I want to dive deep with you. I want to get into some really crazy topics. Um, so we'll have to put our heads together and come up with some stuff. Okay. I cannot tell you the secret of women. I, I don't. <laughs> Even looking at their lab work, I still don't know. So, <laughs> so Sean, Sean was talking about, uh, what did he say? He, essentially, he was talking about the way that, that men, um, I guess, recover and bounce back and produce testosterone when they're not on TRT versus the way that women do it. So me and Sean, uh, kind of, think tanked things together and determined that a larger, the larger the television, the more testosterone the man's going to produce because he said, and this, this was Sean, he's a medical professional. He said the man come home, home, comes home from work. He sits down in front of the TV for an hour and he decompresses and that's how he 
gets ready to say, okay, honey, I'm ready to do what you need me to do. And he, he feels renewed after that. Um, there was some aspect of it that was about producing testosterone, but I'm not a scientist. So anyway, Sean said, the bigger the TV, the better off. So the bigger the TV, mentally, you think your testosterone is higher. <laughs> uh, but uh, physically, I don't think it has an impact. But mentally, it could make you feel better. Oh, I, uh, I remember what it was. It was because he was saying um, that there's some aspect, testosterone production is related to things like football games, boxing matches, high impact, like intense, the things that get guys all riled up. So maybe that was where we were going. You know, if you watch the Miami Dolphins on a 72-inch TV, your testosterone is going to go up. I don't know about watching the Miami Dolphins, and I love them. <laughs> That's one of my teams. I might be depressed. but <laughs> Okay, so then, um, yeah, depression will so, spike. But it's, it, well, I, I think, you know, my personal opinion on this is it's the opposite. The higher our testosterone, when we watch things like that, the more we're into it, the more we're shouting and aggressive, kill them, and all of that. When our testosterone is lower, we're usually less like that. But the adrenaline of watching something like that could mimic it, where we perk up and we do some of that stuff. But technically, our testosterone is you know, kind of the same as well, what it was. You're um, ruining but, our science. But that being said, I, I have an 85-inch TV if that tells you anything. <laughs> so. And I want a hundred. So, <laughs> yep. Don't listen to me. <laughs> you've, you've ruined our science. We're going to have to go no, back to the drawing board. No, because if I, I admit it to that, every guy is going to tell their wife that Matrix Hormones said yep. I should get a big TV for my testosterone, and I don't want the wrap of a million wives. Well, that's what I was <laughs> so. going for when I when I was on with Sean. I said, "So, Sean, are you telling my wife that I need a bigger TV?" Yes, yes, I am. Okay, great. That's that's what I was looking for from you to endorse that. Yes, Brandon, tell your wife. Here's a prescription. Tell mm -hmm. your wife you need a bigger TV. Well, we can write that prescription, but <laughs> read for better motivation, mental clarity, and less strain on your eyes, we are recommending a bigger TV for his well-being. Well, now so. you just sound like you're writing the back of a test booster bottle or something, you know? Yes, that's off the sticker. <laughs> so definitely. Um, but uh, I'm all for bigger TVs, like I said. Thank you for listening to the TRT Community Podcast. You can find us online at facebook.com forward slash groups forward slash TRT community. 